Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host, Joe Meyer. Has been a very, very, very long time, hasn't it? And um, I'm very sorry about that. Um, a lot has happened in, uh, in the last couple months, as you know, last time we spoke. Um, and it's, it's been... It's been hard, right? I'm not going to lie. It's It's been challenging. It's a lot has going on, and um, there's been some successes, some failures in my life. And right now, I'm, I'm in that stage again of failure, right? But um, I will talk about that and let you guys know where I've been and what I've been up to. Um, but let's just play that introductory song that will kind of set the tone and the mood of what's going on in my life. So here it is. It's a song that um, you've heard before, maybe not some of you, but it's a song that's very personal to me. But uh, hopefully you'll see where I'm at. So that's by King Country, which some of you may be aware of who that is. Maybe you've heard of it, be, heard of them before. Um, good group, they're a Christian band, I guess you could say. Wow, it's been uh, the last time we spoke or had our conversation was on uh, May first, and uh, it's been a few months. And um, so, where do I begin? to tell you what has been going on. Certainly a lot has changed from May 1st until today, right? Um, May 1st, I was preparing for an opportunity to start a company, to not start a company, to be a part of a company, to start a, my job. And in the in 
in the in at a point where I was trying to decide between two major options. Um, one would have been with a credit union, which um, I didn't take that job, which I highly regret now. I I, I do. I regret it. And it's a painful reminder to me, and I know I should just move on, but it's hard not to because um, the position I ended up taking didn't work out. And that was as of maybe recently, about a week ago, things turned sour, right? Um, This job was with a major corporation. Um, I was considered a contractor. I was not an employee of the organization. I was a contractor, which some of you may not know what the difference is, but a contractor is somebody who is contracted. And although I'm not under a contract, I'm like an employee, but I work for another organization that contracts me out to them. So I worked with uh, uh, Southern California Edison and um, I was in their project management department and um, excited to learn new things. I like who I am. I'm someone who goes in there with a with a good attitude, with a willingness to learn, a willingness to do a great job, and and know that it, it's it's different and it's going to be challenging at first because I'm still learning. Um, but things progressed quickly that I was not expecting to happen which have led me to um, not work there anymore, right? And it's been a hard, difficult situation to to grasp because I go back and forth thinking about, okay, well, did I make the right choice, right? Um, Some would say, yeah, you should have just stayed, right? Part of the reason I'll go into it, is because I, oh, how should I put it? Part of the reason why um, things changed quite rapidly, I will say, you know, um, is because people, I had the mindset of growth. I had the, the excitement of being a part of an organization where um, I've been wanting to be a part of for years, right? And I was training. I was doing my best. I was working at it. Um, but it was challenging at first, right? And the reason it was challenging because it was a new environment, a new culture. Um, there was a lot of changes, things that I wasn't used to, things that the job description itself um, wasn't completely clear about, but that's what the interview was for. And um, when I had the interviews, I had two. Um, everything seemed great, and I felt like the people that I was going to work for were great, and for the most part, they're worse. But let me explain what happened. So as a, uh, I was called a project specialist, 
and I worked in tandem with the project manager. Her name was Blanca. And um, at first, in a sense, she seemed like a good project manager. She seemed like somebody I could get along with. And in most part, I get along with everybody, right? I, I really don't have issues with people. Um, you know, um, I really don't. But what ended up happening is that over a course of weeks, she changed, right? She certainly changed. Um, and some of the things that causes her attitude, um, her unwilling, her, her constant, in a way, like nitpicking at my work when I was fairly new. Um, for the first three weeks with the company, I was with a, an employee who was doing that role, who kind of, who worked with me to train me, be there to support me. Um, and she was very nice. And I have fond thoughts of her because she was a nice woman. Um, she had been doing that position for about six months and then they moved her over to um, another role, which was with, still within the same department. And, and then I took over basically. There were times where she talked to me about the person I would be working for um, and the challenges of working with her, right? Um, and that e she even had trouble with this person, right? It's not that I didn't listen. Of course I did. I took her feedback. But the thing about it is, um, what ended up happening is other people started to step forward and and um, <clears throat> politely tell me a little bit more about the person I was working with, about the difficulties of working with that person. And at first I didn't see it because I was still learning and she was very accepting of the fact that I didn't, I was still learning. And But over a course of a few couple weeks, things changed rather quickly, right? So... Her attitude towards me changed. She would um, begin to call me out in meetings to embarrass me. She would send me rude comments um, in the sense of when providing feedback. Um, she would go to my manager and supervisor to to let them know that she, there was something she wasn't happy about. So just to explain a little bit about the hierarchy of how it worked over there is that the person I worked with, which was the PM, she wasn't my manager. She wasn't in charge of me. She had her own manager. I had my own manager and supervisor. Anytime there was an issue or she had <clears throat> a complaint or um, she would go to them, right? And they would come to me, which is fine. But um, I was still learning. And it would, and, and in a matter of weeks, she was already making it difficult for me to do my job. Now, did I speak out against her? Um, did I tell her anything? No, I did not, right? I just took what she said, took the feedback, tried to incorporate it, do it, and then show her what I had done. And she'd come back and say, no, that's not what I want. Do it differently. Do it this way. And I would. And she still wasn't happy. Um and then it got to the point where, yeah, um, 
my contractor, the person I worked with, um, he came back, he was on a, like a month long vacation. And then he had a meeting with my manager supervisor and I think her, and, um, they provided some feedback and it was really towards coming from her. Um, it wasn't coming from, I don't think in my opinion, coming from my supervisor and manager because, um, they don't, they don't direct me. They don't directly work with me. But again, though that information, that feedback was provided to, to my contact or the person I worked for at the contracting company. And so about a week ago, um, he brought to my attention a document that basically was like a PIP, which is a, an improvement plan, right? A professional improvement plan, which he wanted to provide and do for 60 days, right? And then revisit my employment at that point, right? He wasn't angry. He wasn't upset. He, he actually was, in my opinion, he was very understanding to the point like it was very one-sided. Um, and I did give him my thoughts, what I had gone through um, during that time. Um, and, and then... I, I really felt like this was not something I wanted to take part in. I felt that it was going to put me in a bad light with the company. And I, in all the years of my career, I have never been on a PIP plan, ever. Most employers that I've worked with, I would say most of like 99% of them have given me the time to do my job, to learn, to grow, to train, to make mistakes. I wasn't being allowed to do this. And that really bothered me. And I had made comments to my manager and supervisor about me trying to grow and they, they were very understanding, right? Um, there was no red flag, so to speak, for coming from them like, oh, we're really concerned and this and that, no. Um, basically, they, their hands were tied. The contractor I worked with, was, his hands were tied because either one of them, they weren't the boss or the manager of the person I was working with who was providing this feedback, right? So there was really not a lot they can do, right? It's not like in a traditional sense of an organization, which I've worked for um, many organizations where if there was an issue, um, I would go to my manager or my manager would come to me we would work on some training together. This was not going to be something she was going to provide me, right? Um, she was not a trainer. She's not there to teach me. She does. She she had no interest in training me to teach me anything. Basically, she was there to provide feedback in her opinion of what she wanted to see, and I was to copy that, mimic that, incorporate th that feedback. And she wasn't seeing that. Now, was I doing anything necessarily wrong? No. I was doing my job. I was just not doing it the way she wanted me to see me do it. Right? And that was a problem. That was a problem. It's not that I can't accommodate people or do things the way they want them done. It's not that I'm inflexible or I complain or I say no. It's the fact that 
I will keep trying and trying and trying. Now, the contractor wanted me to take on the role. I mean, take on the next 60 days. And the thing about it is that I told him this. You know, I, I necessarily wouldn't have a problem with taking on 60 days and being a part of a PMP plan. I wasn't against it in the sense I was... If I had felt like that person that I was working with was going to change herself, meaning be easier to work with um, and work with me, then maybe I would have felt like, okay, I'll keep going. But I really didn't feel that. I really didn't feel that. A week prior to this taking place, there was a day, it was a Tuesday where some things went wrong. Not necessarily like nothing was botched or you know, it's not like we have a product that gets broken or, or we missed a, a milestone or, or something like that. Um, what happened is some things happened with a meeting where certain people were not invited. And, and it was a meeting that was created about three weeks before, you know, I officially got started. So that person wasn't there. So we had to reschedule the meeting, basically. Uh, earlier, later in the day, we were, we were having another meeting and there was... We were having technical issues with the projector, and and because we, this position was two days in the office, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and I was having some technical difficulties with my computer and sharing things because she was virtual; she wasn't physically there. Um, and she got upset, you know, she got angry, uh, frustrated, and and basically at the end of the day, she, um, you know. Um, she told me, Hey, if you don't get your act together, you know, um, this is just not going to work out. So in, in my mind, um, she already made a decision that I was not going to work out, that she had already made the point of saying that because when people go that far and saying that, and you, and some of you out there may say, well, well, maybe she was just frustrated. Maybe she was just having a bad day, Joseph. Um, and, and, you know, give her a break and, you know, people learn and, you know, and, and so at that day, I, yeah, that really bothered me. Um, I didn't sleep that night. I went to bed around 3 a.m. I had to wake up the next morning to go to work at, be there by eight. So I only got about two hours or three hours of sleep. Um, the next day. Um, I was sitting at my desk working to do my job, being trying to work to be productive, have a different mindset. And um, and she would email me, and I was very professional towards her, but I was very, you know, straight to the point, right? And uh, my demeanor had changed, right? And I, maybe she noticed, I know. Um and she pulled me aside and we went into a little conference room and she talked to me and she wanted to make sure I was doing okay, how everything was going. Um, I said, you know, I really am not that good. I'm not good right now. And she says, why? So it's like, well, I couldn't sleep because of things that happened in the past and uh, what happened yesterday. I mean, I, I, I didn't really go into detail with her and she understood. She's like, well, Joseph, I really don't want you feeling like that. I don't want you to get any sleep. I need you to go home and not right now, but be able to rest and go home and, 
and, you know, uh, and have peace or whatever. And she was trying to basically make up for her behavior the prior day, right? I don't know if it was sincere or not. I really don't know. Um, but I said okay, and we talked about it, and she seemed in a better mood, and, um, you know, and she just made comments about how I, I need to be better, and she depends on me, and I, I need to you know, get up to speed, and I need to make sure that, you know, I need to be more vocal and talk more and ask more questions. And then, you know what? I didn't really go into detail about that. But with me, when it comes to who I am, when I'm still learning, I may not at first seem like I'm asking a lot of questions up front, but I'm taking in the information that I'm learning, trying to incorporate it into my job, my life, trying to do the role. And learning from there. There are those of you out there who may like have a pen and paper and asking like 20, 30 questions like, how do you do this? How's this, 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 this? And, and you know, and, and then you take that information, you go do it, right? Me, I'm kind of a different approach. I am someone who takes in the information that I'm being taught. I try to attempt to do it myself to see what kind of results I get. And if I get good results, then I follow that practice um, and I go from there. I try not to go into a deep dive of trying to understand every single little thing about that process at first and then attempting it because that, to me, for myself, it wastes a lot of time. I need to be able to learn things and show that I'm learning um, things, hitting the ground running, so to speak. And, you know, it, it's it's difficult. It certainly is, right? Um but I, I am learning. I am trying to take away from that. And um, But apparently my, my style of how I do things, you know, just maybe wasn't good enough. Not the way that she wanted to, you know. And she just wasn't happy. Her, her behavior escalated at that point. Her comments... Um, and then what the I guess the final nail in the coffin, so to speak, was, you know, when we were in a meeting and again, she just called me out in front of everybody, right? It wasn't a good feeling. And after that, that was when the contractor came back and uh, a lot of it I didn't really explain to him, but deep down I, I, felt, I felt bad I, and I do feel bad. The fact that the manager and the supervisor were shocked, uh, from what I hear, that I just left or I was going to give my notice. I really didn't get anything else from them. Um, I didn't get anybody trying to save the role, like saying, hey, you know what, let's try to work this out. What can we do to make this work? Um, you know, I didn't get anything from them. I didn't get any additional persuasion to try to sign that document. Um Maybe I would have, but I, I needed to know that where was I going to stand? Like, how does this make me look, right? Um, um, and take it from there, right? So 
it's hard because some of you may have been like, well, I'm not going to give it up. I'm just going to keep working. Um, I prefer they just fire me if I'm not doing what they want me to do. And, and, you know, and then the other part is, yeah, giving up a role where I was making money. Right. And then I have to start my job search all over again. And one point would have been, well, Joseph, you could have kept the job and just continue to look during that two month period. That could have been the other case I would have thought about doing if I had felt like her behavior would have changed. But ultimately, at the end of the day, her passive aggressiveness towards me was not getting better. I felt it was going to get worse. And, you know, I was not being given the time to just do my job. Right. So that that really caused me to make a very difficult decision. Right. Um, and just going from there, right? It's painful to think about right now, but my wife had mentioned that, you know, she had seen that I was going through, you know, I wasn't the same for the last few months, certainly not the same since I was laid off in March during those months that I was struggling with what job or position to choose, I was not sleeping, I wasn't at rest, I wasn't happy. And then once I took on this role, she said my behavior got worse, right? I wasn't resting, I wasn't sleeping, I, w I didn't look happy. And deep down, um, maybe I wasn't happy, right? Maybe I wasn't. I never had these feelings before. The last role when I was in my last position, the one I got laid off from, um, I really didn't have these feelings. I was excited. I was excited to learn. I felt that this is something I've been wanting to do. And that's, that's how you know when you take on a role that's meant for what you want to do. you know. But when you take on a role where maybe the part of the problem was I took this role on because I had been wanting to be part of this company for so long, and maybe deep down after I got there, it didn't appear that this was the job that I really wanted. Maybe it didn't appear this is the, the position where I felt like I, I was searching for for all these years. I thought it was. I really did. Some of you may say, well, Joseph, you should have just given it more time. Maybe you would have been okay. I, it, it, I didn't have any problem with the job itself. The, the tasks at hand. The position, I actually liked that part of the job, right? But the problem was that I needed help and I needed time. And I wasn't, I didn't feel I was being given that, right? And then the, like I said, the, the professional improvement plan after only being on physically doing the job for, I think it was five weeks already, thinking that some would say, well, that's some would use say, well, that's plenty of time. No, it's not. On average, it takes anywhere from six months to 18 months to fully learn a role. And that's for any position, right? Some are, yeah, some are a little bit easier to learn than others. And you can learn those tasks and learn those job duties in a shorter period of time. But some tasks, some roles, you cannot. It takes longer and you need an understanding, patient, employer who understands that fact and that's what made it so hard so 
here's a, another song I'm going to play that kind of signifies how I'm feeling at this point. And I think you'll understand where I'm coming from, but, but let me play it.
I know at times we should just say, I don't care anymore. I don't care what you say. I don't care what people do. Just ignore them. It's not that easy, right? It is certainly not that easy just to ignore people who mistreat you in the job, in life, and move on, right? Because ultimately, we need people to support us. And some ways say, well, I'll just, you know, it, what's the big deal? I, I, you know, but there are certain positions, certain things in life that we need those specific people. And when we're not treated correctly, we're not treated with respect, we're not treated or given the time that we need to do a good job, right? Um, then we are not our full selves, right? We are not the, the people that we want to be or should be because in, in a sense, you know, where do we go from there, right? During these last few months, yes, I have struggled with mental health. I have struggled with sleeping. I have struggled with this transition of being laid off. And, and some would say, you know, laid off, being laid off is uh, perfectly normal in a way. And in, in a way, it's nothing unnatural. People are going to get laid off. Um, you know, people, there's going to always be changes, right? Companies are going to eliminate positions. And although we'd like to say it's not personal, it is very personal to many of us. Because we rely on those incomes, rely on those livelihoods, rely on the insurance, things that, and maybe that's a problem, right, in our societies. We rely heavily on that because that's how we equate our comfortable life in this country, right? Not every country is like our country when it comes to insurance or, or the ability to help um, support those who are going through transitions like a job change, being laid off, being let go. There are countries that, um, you know, certainly when it's, it is a scary thought and, uh, it's an eye opener when changes happen like that, because, you know, you want to make sure you're prepared, right? You want to make sure that you have enough savings. You want to make sure that your family are not going to suffer during those times with a lack of money or food or things that are needed, right? And it can be devastating. Now, I've been through a few layoffs. Sadly, I've been through, in the last five years, I've been through... Three that I've been through layoffs slash firings, whatever you want to call it. Two, yeah, three I've had within since 2019. I've had one, two, three. Like four or five jobs. So three out of five, right? That's that's not a very good ratio. <laughs> um, it's hard. 
I will say this time, although what really helped was, yeah, there was a severance package and it helped. and But it goes quick, right? It doesn't last forever. Unless you're maybe you're some executive or something, then maybe that, that helps you last a lot longer. But I'm, I was no executive. I was just an employee, right? And um, during this time, my, my mental health has struggled severely. I, I don't always talk to my family about it. I don't tell my wife. I certainly don't tell my other family members, like my sister and my dad, about um, thoughts of suicide, leaving behind something for them if I was ever to take that leap again. Um, and some of you out there may say, well, Joseph, you don't need to take it that far. You don't need to go there. It'll be okay. You'll find another job. It's uncomfortable, yes. It's painful to see your family not have the things that they really need. And although we have a roof over our head, we have food, we have clothes, you know, we have some money in the bank, still, it's painful to not wake up every morning without a job. And and again, some of you may be um, saying, well, Joseph, you had a job, but isn't that your fault that you you don't have a job now? You left that job. You could have stayed there. You could have been okay, but why did you put yourself through that? Why didn't you do the right thing and just, you know, again, stay there and search for something in the meantime? And that's, those are the questions that really eat me up at night. Because most times, I, lately I've been waking up, like, like the other night I woke up at 3.56 a.m. And I was like, a weird time, right? The, the, the devil hour, right? Um... That's what I call it. And so it was, and then there were nights where I was just up at night and walking around. I was going between the living room and my daughter's room and and at night while everybody was asleep. And, um, and it was, it was something where my mental health is suffering. What actually has helped as of late is just my, my, um, Going back into the scriptures, going back into the Bible, hearing God's word, hearing his truth about that he is our defender. He is the one who is going to be there for us, he and me. He is going to, he has a plan, and he is working on a plan for new opportunities. But still, it's painful. And this is during this time, especially during this time, I've, I've thought a lot about ending my life, although I'm not going to do it. I even went as far as the other, I think it was last week, I, I called or I texted the, the suicide hotline, 988, and spoke to a counselor there. And, yeah, I'm not going to do anything, so please don't worry. These are thoughts, but... A little bit of these are scary thoughts because they are thoughts of preparation, right? Thoughts of uh, of what I'll do if I'm not here. Will my family be okay? And leaving something behind for them to be okay. And some of you are like most people don't think like that. Most people dig their heels in. They get a new job and everything's fine. 
And it's not that I don't have the skill sets or I can't do anything, but I do have those skill sets and I can do things. I do have abilities. I have a master's degree. I have bachelor's. I have years of experience. I have certifications. I have a lot. But also, there's one thing that's against me, is which is age, right? Age is against me because as I grow older, employers tend to look differently at me. Which can be hard, right? So let me let me see here. Well, what? Since I have been these having these thoughts, there is one more song I'm going to play, and I may finish this talk a little earlier. But this song really brings to mind just how I've been feeling as of late with my mind, and there's a lot of other songs out there that I could probably have chosen, but. This is one of them. Runaway Train by Soul Asylum, right? 
If you ever watched that music video, it's uh, pretty heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. So it's actually about, uh, well, this is not what the song's about, but <laughs> um, but they show like kids who are being, um, who are going missing, right? And there's one heartbreaking scene where, I, I can't forget it. It's just like, there's one part I think like, this mother has her child in a stroller and she's walking and then she turns her back for a second and somebody jumps out of a car, takes that baby and drives away. And now it's like, <laughs> makes me cry every time I see that. It's really quite sad. Um, but it's also meant, I think, um, the, you know, runaway train, let me see here. what that by soul song what that was about um so it can have different meanings the song about being trapped in a toxic relationship and feeling hopeless a song about suffering from depression and feeling lost alone a song about the challenging realities of being a touring musician so different i like the second point which i equate that to right um but when they talk to the uh, the singer of Soul Soul Sign Runaway Train, it's about it's about a bout of depression. Um, he, he finds little relief with someone who's presuming his girlfriend. Overall, his it, this is a very serious case. How serious, you know? Um, thus, the rest of the track does not find him pleading for help or anything along those lines. Rather, focus on his confused mindset a result of him refusing to deal with the pain of reality. And more importantly, he finds himself, him comparing the trajectory of his life to a runaway train where he is on a one-way course to the point of no return, which is ultimately how I feel at times, right? I really do. But I dive back into scripture and let's see what the word of God says for today, July 15th. says the armies of heaven and the armies of heaven clothed in fine linen white and clean followed him in white horses all the battle marches in biblical and secular history will pale in comparison to the, this final one the progression of heavenly armies follow jesus christ when he returns Revelation 19 gives us a vivid description of the lord's second coming now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in his righteousness he judges and makes war. The passage describes a conquering Christ, telling us his eyes were are flames of fire, his head is covered with crowns, his robe is dipped in blood, and his name of the word of God. This event will happen just as the Antichrist thinks he has forever conquered Jerusalem and destroyed the Jews. But in the nick of time, Jesus will return, slay his enemies with the sword from his mouth, deliver the Jews, and usher in the earthly kingdom. The Bible says we should pray for the hastening of this day. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Revelation 22.20 what a day that will be. What a moment of history. Hallelujah. Right. So certainly we are getting to that point in history. And for those of you who are believers out there, you may not believe that there will be a day where 
we have that, but it's it's coming. It's certainly coming. You know, we are going to have that day one day. I believe in it. So, as I struggle each day looking for those new opportunities, I will keep you guys up to date and so that you're aware of what's going on in my life. You know, hopefully I have new successes. I do have, I did recently last Thursday have a, an interview um, with a very good company that um, I recently, I, a while back in April, I had applied with and they wanted to bring me in for an interview, but I had just gotten hired by the other company. So I declined the interview, but I took the time to go reach out to them and see if they were still interested, and they were. So I did have an interview on Thursday. And then I have a second interview with some VIPs, like a VP and a higher manager this Thursday coming up. Um, so hopeful, but we'll see what God has planned, you know. But in the meantime, I just want to wish all of you an incredible weekend. God bless you. Have peace in your mind and hearts. And know that everything will be okay in time. And I have to believe that myself. Right? So have a blessed day. And uh, let's finish out the, this talk with our, our theme song. Okay? God only knows. God only knows.